You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Kan Bayazit. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 61 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City, as always. And today, your favorite co-host and mine, it's Khan Bayazid, coming in from Belgium. How you doing, sir? Hey everyone! Thank you very much for that warm welcome. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing everything I can to 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 bring some energy to this one. <laughs> Trying. Well, yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, just quick plug for those of you who are faithful listeners to our show. Uh, there's a new football podcast, uh, Football a la Turca, uh, which I would very much appreciate if you check out. It's also on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Spotify, etc. Um, yeah, go check it out. Uh, it's, a, it's a new podcast. Uh, Sinan will hopefully be involved as well. Uh, well, he already up. is, of course. He already is involved, of course. Um, but you might be hearing Sinan's voice on there. You, you'll be hearing my voice for sure. Uh, and then two uh, friends of mine, Burak Sizgin, Fenerbahce fan, and uh, Uzer Dinger, a Galtzrai fan. So you might know those two guys from, from Twitter, perhaps, as well. Uh, I think uh, two uh, great co-hosts I, 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 I found. I'm going to put that there in my cap. Uh, but definitely go in and check it out. Uh, but uh, yeah, And thanks for listening to this of course, uh, our flagship podcast. The original, the OG. Well, and so let's cut right to it, because uh, it's it's hard not to talk about today in, uh, with, with spoilers left out, because, you know, it was an emotional day. <laughs> so as you all know, we, we're coming off a huge derby match. Besiktas hosted Fenerbahce at Vodafone Park. It was uh, a big match. Besiktas came into it with a lot of energy, a lot of momentum uh, after a few good results. Of course, this would be vital for them to build on. Uh, Fener also had a lot riding on this match with their, with their, themselves mm-hmm. nearing relegation and you know every point matters for them at this point. So at this stage of the season, I should say. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll cut into the starting lineups and today uh, I won't be lazy. I'll, I'll tell both sides of the story because you guys might want to know who Fener played as well. Um, so so Besiktas brought out Loris Karius, Gokhan Gunul and Adriano on the flanks with Vida and Isimat Midin in the middle of the defense. Dorokan Tokus and Atiba were in the center of the midfield with Shinji Kagawa starting in the number 10 slot. Jermain Lenz and Guven Yalchin. Uh, Guven was on the left side. Uh, started on the wings with Burak up front. For Fener, they brought out Volkan Demirel. We all know that name. With Sadiq 
Are you going to insert booze? Yeah, <laughs> should I? That's a good idea. I will. Consider it done. Um, you guys will already have heard them, and this whole the rest of this conversation won't make much sense in post. But Volkan Demirel indeed did start in the back uh, in their goal with uh, Skirtel, Martin Skirtel, and Sadiq Chipfinar starting on the back line for them with Hassan Ali Kaldirim and Mauricio Isla starting on their flanks with Togai Arslan and Mehmet Topal starting in the center of their midfield uh, in their midfield yeah with Miha Zaich starting in their number 10 slot Victor Moses and Nabil Dirar started on the wings and Roberto Soldado started up front for them and so that is what set the stage for quite a day quite a day's events <laughs> also you'll note the stadium sounds incoming uh they, those are uh, of course thanks to emre hasturk who was in the stadium today for the match uh thank you again emre for all those glorious stadium sounds <laughs> Um, so right off the get-go, the game starts out with a lot of energy back and forth. And Gokhan Gonul strikes in the 10th minute. Do you have any notes on that first goal besides the fact that it was fairly sublime? Uh, no, no assist, so that it wasn't credited to anyone with an assist. I think Vida got the got the, the, the previous touch, but he should have. Yeah, it was a lovely touch by Vida. So it came in on a corner. A uh, free kick from Kagawa. Free kick, and it dropped into yeah. Vida on the left side of the goal, <clears throat> and he kind of. I, it should have been an assist. Yeah. I'm not sure why it's not listed, but he he sort of plopped it, a nice looping uh, little cross into Gokhan Gunul, who slotted it home perfectly to the bottom right corner of the goal. Um, any comments? Yeah, well, I just want to say uh, Gokhan Gunul, hats off to you, my friend. Um, not celebrating the goal, and for me, I don't know how other British fans felt about that, but I was asked this on, on the, the, the the other podcast as well by uh, by my co-host. And for me, ultimate show of respect and, and being a gentleman in football. And uh, as a British fan, I can only uh, I can only respect that. I I, I would have. I respect him more now than I did before, uh, which my respect for him was already pretty great. But uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you felt about it. Would you have liked to see Gukhan uh, celebrate uh, like like a madman and, and, and Not at all. be all like? Yeah. Not at all. I mean, for me, I think this 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 fits him. This suits him. This suits the club. Uh, really liked his celebration uh, or lack thereof. Uh, really. Here at here yeah. at the Black Heels podcast, I I think we're the thinking man's Besiktas podcast, Khan. You know, and really. You have to be like literally just week we were giving a shout out, giving big credit to Umar Shishmanolu for his classy yeah. display against us. And I think we have to we have to project that across the board. Uh, yeah, exactly. big shout out to Gokhan Gunol. I like that. And and at the end of the day, what do you you know, we want these games to go on w without people throwing things in the stands and getting too heated and emotionally charged. And so it's it's yeah, these kinds I mean, of gestures uh, which uh, you know, I think go a long way. I would say. 
Yeah, maybe it can kind of mend the broken relationship that has kind of occurred between the two clubs in, in recent years. I hope for that. <laughs> anyway, but so continuing on, it didn't take very long for Besiktas to strike again. And it was in the 18th minute that Gokhan, Gokhan again, yes, right. It was Gokhan Gunol who was kicked quite heartily by Hassan Ali Calderon, but both, I mean, they were both going for the was ball. Hassan Ali tried to clear the ball, but was too late and then kicked uh, Gokhan in the calf. Uh, yeah, and there was a VAR check for this yeah. one because well, initially this was it wasn't interesting. given. Was a little time passed before they went to the VAR check. Mm-hmm. They let play go on and then, and then it was in the, the, the immediately following sort of stop and play where the, yeah. the crowd had yeah. become so boisterous. Uh, whatever it was, it, it put, enough doubt was put into the mind of, of, the, of the referee, Buent. Was it Buent yielded him? I think he was in... in- I think he was in 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 in, in talks with the uh, with the uh, with the assist uh, with the VAR room already, but it takes a little time. They have to look at it from four different angles, and they need a little bit of time. So um, he waited until the ball was out of play, and then he went to to check. But um, yeah, for me, clear penalty. Yeah, I mean, no. it wasn't really an it wasn't like a nasty fall or anything. It wasn't a a, a barish gold chance. It wasn't like a huge goal scoring opportunity, but it's a fall in the box. It's yeah, a penalty. And a very clear fall. Uh, I mean, you can't. It, it's yeah. probably. I think if you're a Fener fan, you you feel uh, like oh, what a as terrible a fan, way to concede a penalty. But fair is fair. Yeah, of course. Yeah. As as a as a fan, the the feeling that you have when when penalties are 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 blown against you or whatever, uh, the the feeling is like, well, that's not that doesn't feel just justified because it's not really you know there's not really much going on, but it's a it's fall, a, I mean, yeah. it's and a penalty, it's, it's a you know, careless it's a fall anywhere else, it's a fairly pitch. stupid careless yeah. play that results in in a penalty. And so uh, anyway, 18th minute, Burak Yilmaz steps up to the spot, puts it away. <laughs> Very nicely to the left side, firm, confident, direct. Sends the goalkeeper um, the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, sends him the wrong way. He does a little stutter step to, to, before he steps up to take the shot. Beautifully yep. taken. Barack Yilmaz yeah. makes it two to nil. <laughs> and then, in the 35th minute, Miha Zaich picks up a yellow card. For, he had been playing mm-hmm. sort of erratic, erratically, irrationally, uh, for yeah. much of the first half. The first... First 25 to 30 minutes, he wasn't really good, but I think he grew in the well, match. And we'll, uh, yeah, had we'll some, talk about it. Some good set pieces. He certainly yeah. did make a, a mark. But anyway, um, not uh, about 10 minutes passes, and Burak Yilmaz strikes again. <laughs> Oh! 
Shinji Kagawa sets him, sets him up on a little run that looks innocent enough, but he turns it into a goal, uh, driving it forward and then sliding it home, kind of chipping the keeper. Stunning goal. Yeah. At this point, the stadium Excellent. is just exploding. The crowd is into it. The, the, you know, the, the music <laughs> is going. Everyone... You know, we, we've won the match, right? Like everything is set yeah. in stone. Uh, that where the half is That's is right upon us, right? This is two minutes into stoppage time in the first half. Things are looking great, and I want to make a little note here, Khan, because this it doesn't dispute your main point that we deserved the end result. But uh, at this point, and maybe four minutes into extra time, Miha Zaich tackles. I want to say Adriano in Miren. the in in, in our in actually say yeah in our box so like what they're attacking yeah. uh, and yeah. it was for me a clear yellow card which would have been a second and, and oh, yeah, yeah. sent off it's not called at this True. point no one's making too much of a stink because we're winning three to nil the stadium is still mm -hmm. like uh, celebrating you know it's still in a ruse yeah almost. like kind of uh, like they've lost it at this point. Um, so people don't even really care. I made a note of this, though, because I thought, geez, that was a terrible tackle, and he should be out of this match. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's, a, that's a second yellow bookable offense for but sure. But it's not yeah. called. Play resumes. The half is called. Besiktas is winning 3-0. to nil. Khan, do you have any first half mm -hmm. notes without spoiling what comes ahead? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, uh, I said the exact same thing on Twitter at halftime. It's a 3-0 it's a lead for Bishtesh that were never really impressive. I, I didn't think Bishtesh were impressive. Yes, there was good pressing, um, but at no point did I feel like they had to dig deep in that whole first half. It was just... You know, right, right, a little bit after the 2 0, there was some pressure from Fenerbahce, but they were really toothless in attack. Uh, and it was all Besiktas that was kind of inviting the pressure and looking for that counter. That's even what I said at halftime in the group as well, where I think that was kind of what we were looking for. We were inviting the pressure and then hit them on the break, which we did perfectly with that third goal. Um, but I think that, yeah, perhaps, and this would later maybe become part of the issue i think the fact that this was never really an intense derby like match for us because we were it was all way too yeah. easy and I, I think we grew complacent sure. and i think if you're looking at this from Fener's side that that first half was like murphy's law anything that can go wrong will go wrong you know i mean they i mean all, yeah. all three goals happened in these moments where i mean just everything clicked Everything kind of everything went Besiktas's way. Um, and Do we have other chances? I mean, not many, not really, yeah. and that's why I say that. You know, it was it was really a scenario where just like everything that that could, like, I, yeah. I feel like at least two of those three positions, like you know, the foul on Kokan Grinol is the type of thing that typically wouldn't even be noticed. Oh I no, feel yeah. like I was shocked that we even VAR, you don't get that. No oh, way. No way. Yeah. And, and even even post VAR, you know, that's one of those ones where you're like, why didn't they even look at it? You know, um, yeah, happened. I, it's, you know, everything just clicked for Besiktas in that first half. And you're right. It's not like Besiktas. I mean, we they, they kind of dominated, but but not not in a traditional way. It's not like they were they were all over, yeah. you know, in constant attack. It was more like we... like Fenar was lackadaisical. They, they were sort of mm -hmm. sleepwalking. 
yeah. the first half. I, I think we were so spoiled by the circumstances that we never really got going. I At no point in that first half did I have the feeling that we were pushing into a higher gear because at no point we really had to. I mean, 10 minutes, we were already 1-0 up. And then five minutes later, we get a penalty. Uh, you know, Ultimately, that took a little bit longer due to the VAR and all that. But really, in the time span of, of 18 minutes, you're 2-0 up. You already almost kind of won the game uh, as long as you, you know, defend properly. And then they kind of grow back into the match in that first half, but you hit them right at the perfect time at the, at the, at the stroke of halftime, almost, uh, you, you kill the game, right? Yeah. Three nil at home. The third one was really the, I think in a way that's what deflates Besiktas too, but we've already started to to do what we're not supposed to do by spoiling. So the second half begins and Fenar makes two moves immediately. They take out Isla and bring in Valbuena which is kind of an interesting move. Definitely signals intent. Uh, And they also take out Victor Moses, who, to be fair, I thought was the biggest nuisance in the first half. I I thought it was a silly move, I'll be honest. Uh, They bring in Andre Ayew, and then, well, I was wrong, I guess, but (laughs) I'll tell you why. Uh, Fener starts to press immediately. The, The impact was immediately felt. They were hungry. Something, you know, something in in the in the halftime talk had clicked, uh, and and clearly Besiktas has hit the brakes, is sort of happy to sit back and defend a little bit. Although it doesn't look like Fener is really going to do much with it, they're still clumsy coming out the gate. But then, in the 55th minute, a bunch of chaos ensues in front of the goal. Somehow, Nabil Dirar finds Miha Zaich, who should not be in the game because he would have been out had he gotten that second yellow card. But anyway, he puts it away. 55th minute, Fenerbahce score. Besiktas is winning 3-1. to one. Any comments on that goal, Khan? Like, who do you blame that one for? Who do you, or Sorry, who do you blame that one on? I think it was just a lack of sharpness from the entire team there. I think it was all way too easy. They they just let Fenerbahce go about their business. There wasn't really that put my head in front of any ball mentality, which I think in these types of situations you still have to do, at least until a certain point. I think if you can postpone that that goal long enough, that first goal, if you... I mean, it, it came at the perfect time, 55 minutes, 10 minutes in. Like, obviously, it can come a little bit earlier, but that's, like, still within the margin of, of being the perfect type of time. Yeah, uh, and, and I two think subs that, have to settle, you know, it's really... Yeah, I mean, we, for us, it was just too lack... Out of the gauge from the second half, too lackluster. Uh, the team was flat. The crowd was flat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I like mean, they got drunk and then, and then like, the, I was the hangover really started setting in, you know, I was, a little early. I was extremely disappointed with with the crowd. I think they yeah. failed the team as much as the team failed them, and 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 that's it's, a huge failure. Yeah. Even from three nil up coming into the second half, you could you could already start to hear Fenerbahce's section the fans more than need ours, to put which was troubling. Extreme pressure on that pitch. They need to push us forward. It is their job. If the if the team is is a little bit complacent coming out of the gates with that three nil lead, which is understandable it shouldn't happen but it's understandable the crowd need to get behind them and kick them a kick in their arse for sure that's not what happened yeah we needed some whistles we needed some action there but so anyway uh five minutes later a little bit of a scuffle ensues on the sideline uh Mm -hmm. the ball goes out ozan catches it and very 
like very innocently, I'm going to say this uh, objectively, just puts it right down without any obstruction. But Nabil Dirar in a furor mm. storms over, shoves Ozan. I thought Nabil Dirar was just way too emotional at that stage. Of course, they're down by two goals and trying to come back. And he perceived yeah, yeah. something that did, I didn't see at all. But Najib steps up to sort of uh, stand up for his man in Ozan. Uh, heads are pressed together. Yellow cards are dished out. Nabil Diwar gets one. Najib Oysal gets one. <laughs> so Najib is, by the way, suspended for our next match. Although, you know, that's a that's not. If anyone True. listens to this podcast, they know we're not gonna play the tragedy song for that one. Um, no. What did any what? any more any comments on the scuffle? Well, I, you know what? I I don't want to come up with any excuses. I think it's a little bit. I on, on a different day, I think this could have been a red card for 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 Dira. I think what he I does is too. not necessary. Uh, I think if there's a VAR check there, he does push. For me, yeah. that's a that's a red card. And but he's the aggressor, a hundred percent. Yeah, he is. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a red card, but, but whatever. It's a big game. It's a big moment. Look, you yeah, kind of yeah. It. I mean, I completely understand the referee for keeping it at a yellow for both there. That's understandable. I think it's a. You know what? I, I, I'll put it this way. I don't really think it's a. I, I, we have been on the receiving end of. Those types of red cards, I think, in the past, in derbies and such, in crucial games. So obviously, there's, it's it's easy to have the feeling of, well, why isn't that the same here? I think in the spirit of the game, the referee was right to do what he did. And speaking so, of yeah. things, speaking of cards that were not dished out that we see a lot, uh, and this is I'm jumping the gun a little, but late in the game, Volkan is sitting around on the ball, and I we were talking about how Karius gets cards so fast. Mm. I, I anyway, whatever. I don't want to. We're, we're that's almost we're veering into spoiler mode here. Um, so in the 61st minute, one minute after the scuffle, so make of that what you will. Another crazy scuffle in front of the box, total chaos, and somehow uh, a ball from Matteo Valbuena finds Sadik Chipinar. He slams it into the back of the net. Wasn't it a header? I think it was a header. Yeah. He could have slammed it nonetheless with his head, you know. <laughs> but yes, fine. At that point, yeah, header, I think I was like uh, averting my eyes because I kind of felt like I knew it was coming. It was a header because I mean there was a VAR check because there was like a a, a very mild, uh, I don't even want to call it a push on on Dorokan where I mean Sadik goes up high. He's kind of in the back of Dorokan, but for me, it's not a fall. Oh yeah, the right decision. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and they were yeah. they were they were looking into whether he yeah. sort of pro- uh, projected himself off of the back. Yeah, Junaid Chakir, who was in the VAR room, called uh, Bilantil over. I mean, they were communicating, and and usually then there's like, well, usually when the when the VAR ref gets calls the referee in, it's kind of a situation where the VAR ref has seen something. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, but for me, that's actually, I, I, I agree that it's, I'm, I'm not like uh, upset by the end result, by the call, but it is a lot more of a 50-50 than I think you're giving it credit for because he does, like at the end of the day, he obstructs Dorokan and Dorokan's job is to defend, right? It's to defend that ball sure. and he can't move upwards towards the ball because he's got that hand on his back. So I, it could be called. Again, I'm not, 
furious about the no I don't, call there? I, I, I don't even think there, I don't even know if there was a hand. I think it was just kind of like leaning up against it. I, for me, it's not a fall. It's well, there was a hand. I'll say that. But yeah, I, again, I can see how it's not called. It's a it's a huge thing to not. I mean, to take that goal away. Yeah, you know, if sure. it's called, I mean, it has to be called immediately, and then maybe in the in the VAR they they have to sustain it because there's not enough evidence to take it away. But on the on the flip side, I feel like there's not enough evidence to, you know, to give that call. Anyway, 64th minute, uh, the first sub is made by Besiktas, which I don't know, maybe that's a little late. Uh, John Erkin steps into the match for Guven Yelchin, who clearly has run out of steam a little bit at this stage. Uh, whatever. I won't and I won't do too much analysis yet. Anyway, without without dwelling on things, three more minutes pass. An innocent ball from Roberto Soldado back to Hassan Ali Calderim, and Mr. Calderim once again conjures his like seasonal tiny little bit of magic. He's a freaking disaster on the football pitch. Every time I watch him against any other team they play. But every season <laughs> against Besiktas, he has these freaking moments. And he did it again. And in the first half of the season, he did it to us too with a magical cross out of nowhere that gave them a point they didn't yeah. deserve. And here he you was slamming the ball from distance into the back of the net and equalizing the game and then gesturing hostily at the crowd to shut up and blah, blah. I At this stage, I was so... Uh, I don't like. I don't know how. I, people, you know uh, what? I have to be. I, as soon as that second goal went in, I knew it was gonna. I knew it was gonna end in a loss of points for us. Well, and we, we haven't just, gotten the, there the yet. Momentum, the momentum of the match had completely shifted, and let me just. You know, right, even before you do this, let me quickly just take us out. So uh, after that, Quaresma comes into the match for Jermaine Lenz. Seventy-fourth minute, Barack Yilmaz gets a yellow card. Seventy-sixth minute, Sadiq gets a yellow card for them. Eljif Elmas comes in for Miha Zaych, who again should not be in the game. In the 84th minute, in the 85th minute, Mustafa Pektimek comes into the match for Shinji Kagawa. Still 2019, folks. Still seeing Mustafa Pektimek. Yep. And then in the in the eighth minute of extra time, Hassan Ali Kaldirim gets a yellow card. Right after that, Burak Yilmaz gets a sublime cross from Ricardo Quaresma, yep. naturally. Uh, and it slams off the post, does not go in. It, like, hits the inside of the post and bounces across the goal line, but not into the goal. No one's there to tap it in. The game ends 3-3. Three to three. Fener rescues a point in Besiktas' home. Yeah, and, and and right before that, uh, there was a big chance for Brock one on one with Volkan too, which Volkan saved mm-hmm. with his fat ass. Uh, and uh, <laughs> there was a big chance, I think, at the end as well for Fenerbahce, so they could have snuck a win. Uh, yeah, I mean, as soon as they equalized three three, there's still plenty of time in the match, but you just know it's not gonna happen. It's true. It's true. It, it's it's uh, you know as soon as as at that as soon as the second goal went in, I, I was already mentally preparing for for a disaster uh, but 
there's that little bit in your head that you you know you know it's gonna end and you know they're gonna make a, a third one, but still you're like ah oh, it can be true, can be true, no no, but you just know it's gonna happen. Yeah. And then when they score that third goal, then then you you want you keep watching. There's still like with with at a time on. There's still half an hour on the on on the clock because we got seven minutes of stoppage yeah. time. And you want to suspend your disbelief that ah, oh, you know, the ball just has to drop one squad. But you just, you just know that the momentum is completely shot. It's over. You can play these thirty minutes still, but if anyone's going to score, it's them. Um, and 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 you know, I'll have to hand it to you. I, I was really surprised we still got that really big opportunity two, right? the uh, with the header. Garage. Well, yeah, the first one I wasn't that surprised by because. Of course, Volkan's gonna save that. But the second one was really that that, that yeah. yeah. There was no way of stopping. If that would have been like four or five inches more to the right, that's a goal that you can't stop. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that it doesn't go in because for us, I think this is kind of like fin de la saison. I think this is over for us. I mean, title race is over. We're eleven points back. Con, now. tell us. All right, this time we're going to switch it up. Tell us about the table since the mat. The whole weekend is over since we're playing Monday match here, and then I'll do the stat okay. flash. So let me give you the mic for okay. a moment. Tell us what the table looks like now. Okay, so top four, uh, Bashakshir are on top of the table with 51 points. Um, Galtzrai are in second place with 45, and then we're in third with 40, and then Trabzonspor are in fourth with 40 with 36. So we're four points in front of Trabzonspor. We're five points behind Galtzrai. And you know what? After this result, which I, I, I kind of fear it's going to have a completely deflating effect on, on the momentum of the, of the team, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Trabzonspor catch us because we still have to go to Trabzon in the final couple of weeks. Uh, and you know the thing with Trabzonspor is a little bit then they're very up and down. So if we can come back from this and, and, and you know continue just to win a decent amount of matches, we'll be fine. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what type of uh, mental impact this is going to have on the team. But uh, yeah. In the standings, it's, it's kind of over for us. 11 points back, only 11 matches left in the season. Bishakshir have shown very little sign of slowing down. And yeah, they might start dropping some points here and there because they have some tough games ahead of them. But yeah, 11 points. Yeah. It's not, ha not happening. If we would have won, we would have been 9 points back and it would have been very difficult. But then we have the match at home against Bishakshir. They still have to play Fenerbahce in two weeks. They still have to play away at Galatasaray. They still have to play... No, they already played Trabzonspor, but they still have to play a very informed Riza Spore. They still have to play Konya Spore. They have plenty of difficult matches. And as soon as they lose one, if that, that loss comes relatively early, you're only six points back. And then if you can beat them, you're only three points back if you keep winning. But obviously that's not the case. And for us, I mean... The, the best possible finish for us, I think, is second place, uh, which would give us rights to the Champions League qualifiers. But you know, honestly, I mean, even at this stage, I think that's going to be a massive stretch because we still have to go to Galtzrai. Uh, and I mean, yeah, if you can't beat well, this Fenerbahce. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll segue us back into today's match by talking about stats. Before I do that, just to piggyback on what you were just saying, uh, we do have our next few matches, and I'll, I'll go into details at the end of the episode to talk about, uh, you know, when to tune in and all that, as usual. But we're going to be away to Kaiseri Spore this coming weekend 
After that, we're mm-hmm. going to be hosting Konya Sport, and then again, we're going to be uh, hosting Guztepe. So we're hosting two weeks in a row. Guztepe is sliding mm-hmm. down the table. So, I mean, in theory, these are three weeks for us to potentially regain some steam. Oh, and then after that, we have Rize on the road, which is tough, actually. But, you know, we have a little chance yeah. to regain some momentum here uh, if, if we can. But that's a big if. And like you said, if this is deflating in a way that it is for our, our fan base, clearly, uh, for us, then, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's going to be a tough recovery. I, I think the Kaiser Spore away match is going to be tough because Kaiser Spore are still unbeaten in 2019. Uh, they won their last three matches straight, so they're definitely not going to be a pushover. Um, obviously, they have a little bit of a cushion now. They were kind of in the relegation battle as well. They, 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 maybe they will be a little bit more, less, maybe a little less motivated. I don't know, but it's a big game for them. Uh, opportunity for some of their players to show themselves. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, yeah. And you know what? If we would have won this match today, three, four, five, nil, whatever, I think we could have gone on there with some good momentum, uh, with Lige back, with Kagawa, who had an amazing first half. Uh, you know, I mean, if you win this match today, that could be enough to jumpstart you for a very nice run. Um, but yeah, we don't win. I mean, it's it's that, that first half. I mean, like I said, I really didn't think we were all that impressive, but there was so many positives to take away from that first half because Shinji Kagawa was so great. Um, and then I think you can see that we do have kind of that 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 that, that gap on the left. But Adam Leitch, you can perfectly see him slotting into that role. And then you have a really interesting front line with Burak, who's on form, with Leitch, with Kagawa, with Lenz slash Quaresma. And Dorakan sliding forward. Yeah. 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 Well, so, all right, let me segue back into today's match let me talk about today's stats uh, and then we'll get into analysis mm-hmm. so uh Fenerbahce had 16 shots to Besiktas's nine Besiktas had five on target to so their four so they were very inefficient uh, a lot of this was probably the result of sort of desperation being three goals behind possession went 61 percent to 39 in Fenerbahce's favor Again, a lot of this you'd expect because they were behind for much of the match and severely behind. Passes, 482 completed to our 317. 76% accuracy to Besiktas's 65. So this was a possibly a season low in terms of passing accuracy for Besiktas. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that after maybe. I don't know what that spells out for the team. Fouls, 22 committed to Fenerbahce's 19, but Fenerbahce got four yellow cards to Besiktas's two. And remember, one of those yellow cards was someone who was not even in play. And the chin in the way of Najib. No red cards on, on either side. Uh, Fenerbahce was only called for one offside and Besiktas none. And so, so that weird, you know, Barak staying on sides is still a thing, somehow. <laughs> and uh, corners went to Fenerbahce's favor, five to three. So all of this spells out what you'd expect for the most part. A team that was behind for much of the match, fighting its way back in for much of the match, and holding the ball and pressing and taking shots from distance. Maybe not the best shots, but, you know, desperation will do that. And, of course, the result worked in their favor in the end. So I don't think the stats say much. The only, the, the one thing I'd like to maybe take note of is the really bad passing efficiency on the part of Besiktas. There's no reason mm-hmm. for Besiktas to be passing poorly, even even with those circumstances. Of course, Fenerbahce is pressing more and like 
uh, hungry, you know, for for much of the yeah. match. But still, like, you you really, expect better. It's weird to see though how our midfield in the second half completely dissipated yeah. i mean if you compare it to the first half and, and the thing the weird thing about it is that fenerbahce didn't make make any tactical changes i mean they did on the wings but they didn't make any tactical changes in the middle until late in the second half when they brought on elif elmas for 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 Zayic. but that that's the main mm, takeaway for me there i mean our midfield that that Dorokan atiba pairing that has been so so good for us uh, in recent weeks, uh, that that really kind of uh, hit a wall there. Uh, maybe it w- also had to do with the fact that Kagawa maybe might have uh, lost a little bit of uh, fitness. I mean, he yeah. I, I thought he was amazing in the first half, and we barely saw him in the second half. Yeah. But that's understandable. I mean, that's also why that he's not fit to play 90 minutes. Yeah, this is his first start in months, in fact, isn't yeah. it? Uh, unfortunately for us, we didn't have Leitch, but I think if we had Leitch, then Kagawa wouldn't have started, so mm. that's a different story. Uh, but I, you know what? There's there's a lot of stuff, like the, the Kagawa performance, I think that's something really... Mm, that's really good. I think I can. I really. I'm kind of really looking forward to seeing him and Lige play at the same time and all that. But mm. at the same time, uh, Feels looking like too forward too late, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and what are you looking forward to? What are we still really playing for? It's it's kind of a shame. Yeah. Uh, I hope we can keep him for next season because I think him and Lige are something we can build on. I, th- I still yeah. think there's plenty in, in this team now with the with the changes that have been made in recent months there's plenty of 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 uh, a skeleton of a team that we can build on with Karius, with Mirin, with with Fida, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously with Dorokan in midfield. I think we need an, an Atiba replacement, despite the fact that I think he deserves an extension. But we oh, definitely yeah. need a replacement there. Well, so Khan, um, let's talk about this now. Let's start. Let's change things up. Let's start with a low light, because you were just talking mm-hmm. about Mirin, and I our group chat was on fire as always, as it tends to be, no matter what happens. But uh, in, in particular, that people seem to be very critical of our old friend Isi Miran. Now, I, I, I'm appreciative of the fact that you first kicked on the, the midfield's collapse. Because I do mm-hmm. think that often when things collapse as, you know, clearly as they did to, like, today, there's... You, you can't just pick on a keeper or a defense or whatever. Like it, It's always going to be more structural and, and, and yeah. typically from the center of the midfield. And I think you are very right to identify that as the big, the bigger issue, probably. But so now, what about that back line? Was, this clearly wasn't their finest hour. I, I find it really difficult to pick a, a low point, uh, not because uh, there's a lack of choices, but I think my main low point is the collapse of the team effort really uh, in the second half that just i think it wasn't just one player i think it was a kind of across the board is if this like a chanel ganesh amount- type thing well, I think he shares a, a part, a big part in the responsibility. I mean, at halftime, you're training all up. There's, co- you know, there's a reason there's a halftime break, not just to rest, but also to do tactical uh, steering by the coach. And Should I think as the coach, it's your... At the half? You know what? Maybe. Right? Maybe I mean, there should have been a You're sub. reacting to 3-0. Uh, like, you got to solidify the back line. Maybe, like, you know, Kagawa's had a great half. Maybe you kind of, like, you know, cash in your chips there. 
I don't know. I mean, I think you'd leave Kigawa on because you do want to still have those counter opportunities. But I think that, for example, a Quaresma for Guven uh, substitution would have made sense. Maybe you put on, uh, especially after the 1-3, I think, uh, or the 3-1, whatever, I think you put on uh, someone. But when did this first sub come? It came really late, it after it was already 3-3, I think. 7th, I want to say. Here, I'll, I'll get this. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, term, the 64th minute, after the second yeah, goal. After the second goal, I mean, you, you already need this. There's clearly an issue there on the right. Dirar kept coming over, kept coming over our wing there. There's an issue there. Um, I don't know how you fix it, because I don't think you fix it with putting Adriano off and putting Janner on. But maybe that was his his, 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 his thinking of, oh, I'm going to put Janner on. Uh, so I have two you know, backs, really, in that position. But I think it would have... I think he should have maybe put Medell on mm. to have somebody, you know, yeah. ankle biting them a little bit more, yeah. get him stuck in there a little bit, maybe for 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 Kagawa. I don't know exactly. I mean, it's I'm not getting paid for this uh, <laughs> as he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, for me, it's a coach, definitely a coaching failure. You can't, you cannot not blame the re the, the coach when a team that Collapses, just yeah. took a three in the lead in the first half comes out as flat as they did. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's not just the coach; it's the team. The team has a responsibility. The players had that responsibility. You need guys to step up at in those times. Um, nobody really did. And then, of course, there's the fans. The fans completely went flat. Yeah, you stole, you stole my thunder. That was I was going to call out the fans today because. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'm going to dig in deep then. Since you've called out all those elements, I'm going to try to find an individual <laughs> to pick on here. Um, well, maybe maybe Vida. I was about to say because Vida Vida got real sloppy at the end. I mean, even at the very end of the match. I don't know if you remember. We did. I didn't mention this in the in the timeline recap I did, but he actually tried to clear the ball towards the end a few times. He had some very sloppy rushed. Poor clearances, and one of them he kicked back over his head towards our goal, and then it dropped I, I, to Durar, who who flubbed it. Luckily. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even single him out because of his performance, but I would single him because we expect, you know, people are, are already calling for him to get the captain. Yeah, like lifetime captain role type. Yeah, you're. He's the type. He should be the one standing up and yeah. grabbing and look, guys, come on. Exactly. We need to put our heads in front of this ball. You can't let it come into the box and exactly. you know get into get in front of those crosses. And it's easy to target someone like Mirren, who's been with the team like as briefly weeks. as he hasn't. Exactly. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and I really don't think he played a good match. But uh, there's, I don't know. It was for me. There wasn't really a single individual that popped out. It was an organizational issue. I, I agree. Yeah. I think I we, we, we just didn't we just didn't have that buffer on that. I mean, clearly their their plan was going over that right wing every time again, our left wing, and there wasn't an answer there. There wasn't there was no Atiba coming to help out, uh, trying to alleviate the pressure. I don't know. This is everything went wrong, and like you said uh, in the first half, everything went wrong for Fenerbahce. I felt like in the second half for us. Yeah. Uh, I mean. That 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 Hassan Ali goal going in the way it does. I mean, the sharp, the lack of sharpness on the first goal. I think it's m both Vida and Mirren who come sliding in, but just don't get to it before. You know, Mir Mirren slides in, in before Zayic, I think, misses it, and then, yeah. I mean, ah, it's just a yeah. scrum. And, and I mean, both of the the first two goals were just, uh, you know, like there wasn't a great deal of 
technical expertise by Finnair to get those goals. It was just chaos that they were profiting off of. And it, to be fair, yeah. like our guys like went for it. They, they they embraced the chaos, and it was it was that was very it was painful. I mean, you could really feel right out of the gates in the second half just this kind of uh, impending doom. Honestly, it was it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, for for me, what Sinel Gunish as a coach needs to do is send his team out there and make it very important for them. Look, guys, don't concede within the first 20 minutes exactly. or even the first 25 minutes. I think if you don't concede before the 70 minute mark, then there's no chance in hell because they're, you know, they're, they're going to come out of the gate with a lot of energy. Obviously, they make their two substitutions. They're going to go for it. They're going to try and get that early goal. But if you if you can stop them, if you can not let them get that 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 early goal, then this is a match that ends 4-5-0. Yeah. But because you are just so flat and not sharp enough and just, I don't know, they were too complacent. It was like, well, we have a three-goal cushion. What could possibly happen? This is We've already got this in the bag. They were already thinking of their trip to Kayseri. I think so. Uh, for, for, for some good sujuk. I, I was going no, to say uh, Mante. <laughs> but yeah, indeed. <laughs> I mean, all right. Let, so let's... let's Let's turn this thing around, Kaz, because we've, 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 I think we're starting to circle back on things we've already said, but let's take things out on a bit of a positive note. Uh, let's, t- tell me who you think is our highlight of the match today. Who stood out as a positive? I think Burak Yilmaz is the only one that throughout the match kind of kept his level. Uh, I think Kagawa was really good in the first yeah, half, but obviously, yeah. as we already talked about in the second half, he kind of had a, a, a logical um, fall, a dip in, dip in form. We knew he wasn't going to be able to keep that up, but he had a great first half. But Burak, uh, the first half, uh, very involved, working very hard, constantly battling with Sadik, uh, very physical, getting stuck in, um, getting his his... his you know, trademark goal, really, um, really a, a typical Burak goal. And then even in the second half, when when it looked like, you know, like I said, when 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 everyone already knew that we were going to drop points, he was still uh, first getting into a really good goal scoring opportunity. Good save by Volkan. Can't really blame that on Burak. And then you know, hitting the bar, headed it well, just not well enough. Mm. But he kept going for it until the very end uh, and could have gotten us uh, the win. But it definitely wasn't. Um, it definitely wasn't because of him that we dropped points today. When he missed that goal, I was really sad because, like, as it was lofting in, I remembered in the Barack episode when he first arrived, saying that I actually thought he had some ability with his head, and that the Quaresma Barack connection could, like, you know, I was ready to do an "I told you so" moment, but uh, sadly. That did not pan out, but yeah, I, I agree. I fully agree. Burak Yilmaz was 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 stellar today. You can't say enough about his performance. I was really rooting for him to get that hat trick, especially at the end, because you know we have we often mm-hmm. allude to our group chat and these certain individuals, and we have the the peanut gallery, you know, who always come in with the <laughs> negative comments. And so I was really most of all I wanted us to win just so I could be like ha. You guys were talking so much for like 30 minutes. You know, I, I was, I was, of course, I want the win as a Besiktas fan, but for a moment, like a personal selfish reason was just to be able to, to kind of like tell them all off. Cause I don't like, 
But would that have been because of the goal or because of the assist from Koreshma? Oh, all of it's beautiful, right? Because I, you know, I'm not a fanboy, but I, I just want Bezos to do well, and I, and you and I are both on the same page as far as his like status with the club long term. Um, so yeah. I don't, you know, yeah, I would love for him to have been the one kind of responsible, especially for it to have been to Barack, who they all love. You know, it would have been this weird moment for them. I would have loved to have uh, to sort of seen the the sour faces kind of like deal with the, a good thing but like what in, in a way they would have hated the most but anyway sadly enough it did not occur and yeah you can already imagine the comments being all like oh my god now he's going to start against Kaiser exactly, yeah, exactly. and you know he probably will anyway um but so yeah you you're right to call out Barack for positive I will uh I'll give the other one to Kagawa you're right the second half you know it was more of a a flash and a bang you know uh he came out so amazing. He was like, his touch on the ball was something we've lacked. Like even yeah. even when we had Talishka up there, that was some like his ability to to get the ball in a tough situation yeah. and dribble just like the ball's glued to his foot out of it and find space then to be able to distribute not, it. Not just yeah, but not just that. Just being able to find that opening really quickly and yeah, and, yeah. And, and shifting shifting the play I mean, from one side so to the other. Yeah, if, if he needs to hold the ball. And get out of trouble he something can something talishka never yeah, did yeah and if he needs to release the ball immediately and put someone on goal he can like he he has all, he has so many little tricks in his bag that uh mm -hmm. that first half was just a master class i thought you know and so yeah yep. Shinji, I, just because of that first half i'm gonna give him my my tip of the cap and that's like also my little uh you know my shinji watch don't forget hashtag Shinji watch uh you know <laughs> I mean, we needed to say a few words about him because he really was stellar and yeah. uh you know he really i was i was on the verge of saying uh shinji kagawa deserves a goal tonight but unfortunately there was that massive implosion of the entire team that uh yeah yeah and it, and it was one of the if we had just calmly managed to hold the ball a little bit and, and kind of quell the storm that, uh, of that first 20 mm -hmm. minutes of the second yeah. half, I, I bet that's exactly we, we could have had one of those victory laps that, where maybe Barack gets his hat trick, where Kagawa gets his, you know, breaks his duck, you know, all of these things would have that's been... That's the thing. Uh, that's, that's the exact thing, you know, what you're saying. Those first 20, 25 minutes, why did... I mean, I complete, I understood why we let them have the ball in the first half after we made it 2-0 so we could prey on the counter and get that third. I get that. Mm -hmm. But in the second half, we should not have done that. We should have kept the team within our ranks, as, uh, the ball within our ranks as much as possible. And I don't know. I, for me, it's a tactical failure because clearly they, he did not send the team out with that... Uh, with that in mind, and it's funny. This, uh, I, like last season, I felt that we did this too much. We we used to hold the ball in the back, defenders passing it among themselves, trying to kind of take some of the air out of the game. And and like I, whereas I think we often kind of overdid that at certain points last season. We we could really have used some of that like calming like okay there wouldn't let's... have been a better there wouldn't have been a better bro but then I mean you go back to those substitutions for example why does he not put in Ozan why yeah. does he not put in Medell, um, Gary Medell exactly. I mean he has options and he ends up putting in Mustafa particularly Medell you know because you need that <clears throat> terrier to to be chasing things down when yeah. you, especially when you're like, all right even though I think 
Like, Ozan's the move at the half, I think, that you make to try to hold the ball more and to play back and kind yeah, of I... calm things down. But then as soon as you go one goal down, then I think you bring on Medel. Maybe, and I keep, I, I feel like a broken record, but I've said this a million times, maybe in that left back slot because he really does, he doesn't bring you a lot in terms of going forward, but when you're up 3-0, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's, let's just solidify the back. Plus, maybe you throw Janair in the wing slot so he has the capacity. And then you're kind of playing with, like, five guys back with a quasi-fifth, you know, with Janair and that sort of... Yeah, but I, 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 you know what, I under, I, we're putting so much blame on Channel as well. On the other hand, of course, okay, you're, you're, you know that the only thing, the only option Yamal has is go out, all-out attack. You know that. But on the other hand, I think as a coach, as Channel in Channel's position, I think you kind of expect them, to, their spirits to be broken. Mm. So, I, you know, I kind of understand a little bit of why there wasn't a substitution and all that, but I think a really good tactical coach, uh, somebody that... that, that anticipates what his rival is going to do would have done something at halftime or at least you know five minutes in would have reacted to those two substitutions because it was already obvious to see really early on that Valbuena uh, had an impact and there are uh, going back to that right back uh, yeah to their right back position instead of Isla and then constantly overlapping Valbuena that instantly that was immediately obvious that that was that was hurting us already so there should have been a reaction then and there even before that first goal came if you put metal in there and put him on man marking valbuena for example that's the type of thing you need to do that's the kind that's the type of thing why why you get paid one and a half million a year or whatever channel makes he and he didn't and for me, this this is just another. This is for me the the, the end. This needs to be the, his breaking point. This needs to be. Look, I take full responsibility for this result, and I resign. Yeah. That's what this needs to be for me. There, what's the point? What's the point in going forward exactly. now? And yeah, of course, the team the team is to blame completely too. But Chanel, somebody needs to take the responsibility here, and the only person capable of doing that is Chanel Gunich, and he needs to resign or and do, go. Honestly, it needs know. to be an executive decision. You say, look, there's nothing left to play for this season. What we need to do is give whoever we're going to put in charge of the helm next the, the rest of this season to sort of figure their crap out so that they're ready to go with, you know, with the running start next year. That, that, that's, that's where our fans come into play. Yeah. Why, why are there no Chanel Gunich Istifa exactly. chants? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want our fan base to turn into Galtry, where you're basically booing your new striker after two, three we games did already, with and, and Ozan already telling him. <laughs> yeah, we, they selectively yeah. already do it, you know. So like, let's just yeah. let's just pick the right targets, not individual players, because you're going to dispirit them and, and break their confidence and hurt their ability to perform I mean, for us, and then ultimately make. Yeah, recoup value. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it has to be an executive decision where you say there's nothing, there's nothing left to play for. So we 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 have to give the next guy the opportunity to to, to establish yeah. himself so that we can hit the ground running next season. You know, so whoever is in has the experience and the you know the ability to to operate an entire uh, transfer window, for example. Like all all of that needs to happen ASAP. Um, so the sooner the better. Yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, for fans, it's just like, what's the point in still watching at this point, you know? I mean, 
it's so difficult to 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 motivate yourself as a fan to watch this still i mean if there's a new coach that can build towards next season then you then you have a reason to watch but at this point with channel Gunish, i just feel like it's 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 11 more games of having to tolerate his stubborn lazness and 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 then at the end of that you're left with him leaving and joining uh the national team uh whereas otherwise you could i mean already yeah, what seeing, okay what's what's what, what going to do towards next season what's, what's Sergio going to do what's what whoever players who, are necessary yeah. for the next season so we know positionally yeah. okay we need a, a, a flank who's got more uh, ability going yeah. forward whatever whatever the hell it is that his system requires right so yeah i'm fully with you on that yeah, and plus that, and plus that coach can already do an evaluation of the squad, and he doesn't need to do that in the summer during the training camp, you know. So he already starts with a head start. I mean, from this is yeah, oh, he needs to go. He needs to be gone. Not to not tomorrow. Not the day after. Today he should have been gone yesterday. He has to leave. It's done. Exactly. The, the candle has been burned as at both ends for the past two seasons, and he needs to go. The story is done. We all yeah. know that he's not going to be here next season. So what's the what's the exactly. point? What's the point of still having? Yes, him? and I'm not putting exactly. I'm not putting all the blame of this result on him, but it doesn't matter because it's just where we are. It's yeah, done. Exactly. The, 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 the story is over. Yeah, the chapter is over. You know, the next chapter is ready to begin, and it's just we're just like waiting for the, the writer of this story to step in and get us going because it's time. We're wasting, wasting time. We are just wasting time. We're, we're not, that's the only thing we're doing. These next two to three months of the season that's left is just wasting time unless he leaves and the new guy is being put in place. Agreed. And it doesn't have to. Whoever replaces him should not be a temporary coach. No, by the no. way, it has to be the permanent fix already. This season can only be made constructive by bringing in the guy who's going to be gaining experience with the rest of the season. That's the only. Yeah, no. Yeah. We're let's not harp on it because we've been doing yeah, this for for months. I feel like, and you know. Yeah. But take uh, what's your like wrap it up, Con? What's the the point you want us to be thinking about going forward into next week's match against Kayseri Spor. And let me just quickly mention the time of the match so that uh, everyone's clouded as far as when, when to tune in. This is a, an interesting, we have an early game on Saturday. We're not even important enough to have the uh, the headliner for the day anymore. Um, Besiktas is on the road in Kayseri Spor against Kayseri Spor mm-hmm. uh, on March 2nd, that's a Saturday match, so we're back to Saturday. It's on at 8 a.m. here in in New York City, which means that's going to be, a, I think, 2, two for me p.m. for four. you and nope. 3 or 4, yeah, and four, four in yeah, Turkey. 4 in Turkey. Maybe 3 with daylight savings. Check your local listings. Um, but so, yeah, again, we're, we're back on the road against, you know, an opponent that's not particularly tough in general but in this particular context mm. they will be because they're going to be at home um we're on so, low like i said they've, they've won their last three and they haven't lost in 2019 so i Is definitely right? wouldn't say it's not a particularly right. tough game i think it's a tough one it's, i think it's a tough one for us yeah i think we might might we yeah we have to win it but yeah how much motivation i mean that's the main thing is like morale right like i 
Yeah. If there were a new coach to impress, because to, to, they, they were trying to establish a role for themselves going forward, that could be an incentive for guys to play harder. But uh, that's that's circling back on the main issue, yeah. isn't it? Uh, but so, yeah, yeah, tune in for that match Saturday. We'll be back, of course, with our post game. But so, Khan, what? So with that said, you know, knowing now what, what's ahead, what do you want our listeners to be thinking about going forward? How do you want to wrap this thing up? Guys, don't spend too much time uh, waste, don't, you know, feeling bad about this result. It's, you know, move on. Uh, I have to say that ever since I became a father, it's been a lot easier for me to uh, process these types of results. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know what? Go go make some babies. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and just remember that even b- before this match started, we were pretty much out of the title race. We've been talking about that for some time. So it's not, like, in the context of things, if we were in the heart of the title race and we dropped these vital two points that took us out of it or made it that much harder for us to win, for sure, like, it'd be, you know, we'd have the violins at the ready. But uh, it's not. In the big picture, you hate to start talking like this, but it wasn't even that big of a game. Fener is a relegation-bound team at the moment, although they're in better stead now. Um, but yeah, you know, it was just a t- it was just a match between two Turkish teams, not really competing for the title. <laughs> you know, right, right before the match, uh, at halftime, uh, Fenerbahce were in really deep deep trouble, and they were you know, because they were I think they're only ahead on goal differential on Bursaspor. Uh, but with that point, of course, they move out of that uh, relegation zone now with one point ahead of Bursa. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's not really much left to be said. It's it's a, it's a disappointing evening, of course, for all Besiktas fans. Um, but you know what? I'm going to conclude with this. At least it was a fair game. At least we didn't get screwed like we did last season in the Cup. Like we have the season prior yeah, in the Cup. We earned this tragedy. Uh, <laughs> You know, and, and even 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 last season, you know, exactly a year ago when we beat them three to one, they had that ridiculous goal that wasn't ruled offside, that was always offside. At least that kind of stuff didn't happen. We have only ourselves to blame. We were three 0 up at halftime, and you give it away. And if this is the match that that turns the season and destroys our morale, how fitting that would be, Fenair again. I said this pre-match, but last season it was Fenair with the with them splitting our coach's head open in public. Now it's uh, it's ourselves collapsing in public. You know, it, it seems to always be Fener that triggers a existential crisis within the club. But whatever, man, so be it. Here we are. Take us out, Khan. Tell them how to follow us. Also, one final note. Thank you to Amade Hasturk for the stadium sounds. Those are fantastic. Keep them coming, sir. And uh, yeah, shout outs to you, you know, Emre. I, I just want to... Well, just want to end with this congratulations to Fenerbahce and their fans I think they've been on you know what they've 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 gone through a lot this season they've gone through very dark days they're still in that relegation zone still um, but they their fans turn up to every home game their fans uh, turned out turned up in groves again for this away game as well um, you know what in spirit of, 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 of sportsmanship I would very much like to congratulate wow. them on this win it's a win for them uh i don't know if we mentioned it on and off on air but sometimes you have a draw that feels like a win and other draws feels like a defeat and i think that's very true in this case for business this is a a big big blow 
a big Let's loss. Take that L. And for Fenerbahce, <laughs> this is this is a huge this is a huge win for them uh, mentally going forward in in their relegation battle. This is going to be something where they're going to be able to pull some strength from. Um, but yeah, uh, as always, guys, you can find all uh, Twitter, social media stuff in the show notes. Uh, Sinan's handle, my handle. Bistish International, the podcast. Please drop us a five-star review on iTunes. And uh, once again, go check out Football a la Turca, new podcast, uh, which uh, also was taped today. So it will probably be out tomorrow afternoon, which will review the entire Turkish Super League. Uh, and that's everything I have left to say. So uh, take us out, Sinan. Go Besiktas! Still! <laughs> we haven't given up. Go Sinan Gunes! Yes! Go Sinan Gunes! To your country home, wherever that may be, away from the club facilities. <laughs> and guys, enjoy your week. Ooh, tough Monday. <laughs> I guess Mondays weren't bad enough. <laughs> Go show me some more. Oh man, alright. Well, I'm gonna make dinner for my Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.